I don't know. We might have to do something about that music. It was almost like like we were in church or something. I don't know. Anyway, hey, it's Dyshion Miller here, and we're here with our uh, Kuden Radio podcast here, episode 93. And so uh, I don't know if, if you've been following along, you should notice that uh, since the reboot at episode 68, right, I'm kind of moving through um, everything from my backstory all the way through uh, there's a thread, there's a common thread moving through, um, uh, you know, things that we need to work on, things that we need to do. Uh, and these are from my teachers, uh, lessons from my teachers and things, as opposed to uh, just kind of jumping around and, and talking about whatever comes to mind or whatever. Um, that may, may, That might not make us the most popular podcast, but at the same time, uh, for those people who are serious and, and want to be moving through and and want to make progress and all that, then uh, that's what we're doing, right? So uh, we've kind of hit a point where I was thinking about this today. I was th- thinking about a common theme and, and and you know, we've been talking about mindset and, and preparation and things like that. And there really are a lot of things that we have to do if we're going to move forward to become this person or this thing, right, ninja, warrior, whatever, right, that we say we want to be, right? And so uh, what I thought I'd I'd do during this uh, episode is to discuss uh, these concepts, right, perceptions, reality, what is that, right, Uh, the connection between the two, um, and how this is all related to success, right? Um, You know, we're most most folks are, are jumping on this because they have got they've got some kind of interest in martial arts or warriorship or Nidatsu or Bujinkan or something like that, right? And there, there's so much behind this art that uh, we, we really need, do need to get literally literally we need to get our head wrapped around um, what this is. Otherwise, we just end up being a bunch of barking dogs. Uh, you know, arguing over who's right and what point and, and uh, which, which, you know, which lessons do I follow or is ninjutsu this or is it this or is, you know, was this part of being a warrior or whatever, right? Uh, so that's it, right? Perceptions, reality, and success. That's a topic for tonight's Kuden. And I'll be back after the formal start. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. There we go. Put up our little, our little, uh, what do you call them? Uh, logos and things like that so that uh, anybody that's jumping on and hasn't been here before uh, knows what the hell we're talking about. Anyway, so uh, I've got a couple of quotes for you. Uh, thinking about this, and um, uh, these are actually from two completely different realms, right? Uh, but... There's a universality, right? There's a universal or global, whatever, whatever. there's a timeless kind of um, thing, right? Human beings 
on this spiritual journey have discovered the same truths regardless of time, era, geography, language, anything, right? And they just keep this, these common themes keep popping up. And this is why, you know, they tend to fall into this basket that we call truths, right? Um, you know, we could talk about, uh, and I, we may have talked about them in the past, uh, universal truth, conventional, uh, conventional, uh, truth, uh, personal truth, those kind of things, right? Personal reality. We're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, today. Um, but the question, like the, the same way that I got it, right? It's quite, can be quite the punch in the face, right? But, uh, I got a couple of quotes for you, right? So, um, from the Christian, from the Judeo-Christian side of things, right? I guess it would, yeah, it's completely Judeo-Christian, right? It's Old Testament, right? So the book of Proverbs, right? Chapter 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? Yes, girls, this is you too, right? I didn't write it, right? But the Buddha also said, you are what you think. With your thoughts, you make your world, right? So um, there's this common theme. Right? Common themes. That whatever we think about ourselves, what we think about others, what we think about the world, what we think about our capabilities, what we think about our potential, what we think about our value, all that stuff, right? Matters. Matters, right? I have had, I've had everyone, everyone from personal, clo really close family members to students to strangers, whatever, right? come at me with this belief that I can think anything I want in my head as long as I don't say it, it doesn't count. And <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Anyway, the reality, right? The truth is that we condition our world. We produce our world, right? Our own personal world. We produce that in three different ways, right? And this comes from our ninja Sanmitsu. Uh, the Sanmitsu is actually um, a condensation or a, a, a small packet of uh, study out of our Mikyo, right? Of our uh, esoteric uh, mind science stuff, right? So there's this thought, word, and deed, right? And that points to it, right? We condition and affect our world, right? Based on our thoughts. Our words, right? How we speak, not just, not just, not just, um, what we say, but how we say it. Inflection, uh, whether there's any kind of passion to it, whether we're deadpan, whatever, right? And our actions, right? And it's easy for people to see because we were taught this way as children, right? And again, our role models did the best they could with what they had. But who taught them, right? And there comes a time, and this is one of those big lessons I got from my teachers, right? There comes a time when you need to question everything. You need to question who told you something, right? Why you came to believe it. But you need to go beyond that or before that as well, right? Who told them? How do they know it was right, right? Did they validate the information, right? There's way too many people running around in the world believing that, um, everything that mommy and daddy told me was true because mommy and daddy would never lie to me, right? And that may be not my, that might not be you. It's certainly not me, but it might not be you, but 
Trust me, there's lots of people that are that way. But let's replace mommy and daddy. Okay? Who did you trust? Grandma and grandpa? Some mentors? Some uh, school teachers? Uh, some guy in the group that you were hanging out with that seemed like he had all of his shit together? Whatever, right? We ended up buying into this stuff, but we never ran it through what we might call the scientific process or I'm an ex-cop, so validating the evidence, right? Making sure that you're not just, you got these blinders on and you're just moving along, right? But we condition our world, right? So what happens though is somewhere in childhood, we learn that, uh, we learn things like don't stare, right? Um, oh, don't say that, right? That'll, that'll offend somebody, uh, whatever. What we, what we were really being taught was not to be authentic, Right? Don't be honest. Don't be authentic. Uh, don't point out the obvious, right? Don't be the little kid in the, in the story, the emperor's new clothes, right? Guy's walking around naked because two con men convinced him to pay him a lot of money to make invisible clothes and then convinced them that, you know, you'd kind of be screwy or you'd, you know, mess with your reputation or whatever if you admitted to this. So then, and then everybody else, because of fear of, of um, uh, punishment or ridicule or anything like that, right, um, buys into the story, right, till this little kid comes along, right, and says, he's freaking naked, right? Um, but there's this mass hypnosis, right? These stories aren't just about, you know, this this naked king and whatever, right? It's not just about the con man. It's not just about the kid breaking everybody's mass hypnosis, right? It points to all of the influences, right? Now in the story, it's, you know, people being afraid of being arrested or ridiculed or, you know, jailed or whatever, right? That keeps them from saying the obvious, right? But these stories are loaded with insights that we're supposed to be picking up on, right? And unfortunately, um, there's way too much contradiction, right? We're read the story, we're told what it means, and then we're also taught to not be authentic and not be the little boy, right, in, in, uh, in life or in our world, right? So, uh, but we, we have to, right? We have to understand, right, that Again, at childhood, right? Right. Don't say certain things. Don't do certain things or whatever, right? Because what's really being implied is it's more important for people to perceive that you're a certain type of person than for them to know really the kind of person you are, right? Because perception is reality, right? If they perceive you to be a certain type of person, then all is good until you drop your facade, right? So what we're taught is all this stuff is going on in your head, but don't let it out. Because if you let it out, then people will really know what you're all about. And yeah, then they might not like you, they might, whatever, right? Um, but maybe that's exactly what we need. Or maybe we need to get our head in order so that the thoughts we have the words we speak and the actions we make, they don't just speak of someone with integrity, right? That I walk my talk, I 
you know, I'm, I'm a certain type of person. People could guarantee that I probably won't make certain choices because, um, that's the, because of the person that I am, not because I won't make that choice unless I'm pretty sure I won't get caught. Right. So weird stuff kind of going on. Right. So there's all this shit, right. That we need to kind of sort out, but it's not just about the thought word and deed and integrity and all that. We need to make the connection that our thoughts aren't just conditioning our words and our, 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 our actions, but all three of these things are conditioning two sides of the same coin. They're conditioning our perceptions of reality about, again, about me, about others, about the world, about the way things work, about the connections between them, all that. But these things are also producing my personal world. Okay. So in all of these philosophies that I've studied and all these lessons I've gotten from teachers and in personal meditation and insight and observation, what I end up bumping into is this hard truth that the world isn't conspiring to hurt me. The world isn't conspiring to hold me down. The world, that thing out there, right, is a reflection of how I think, right? It's a reflection of what I've tuned myself into, right? So that's really where we're kind of going with this, right? So what we're really talking about, uh, again, the, the, the central focal point of this is perceptions, right? What we perceive and the way we think things are is exactly what we're tuning into, right? If I think life sucks, then I'm going to see a constant ongoing uh, series of examples showing me that, yep, yeah, I'm absolutely right. And here's the thing. I, the title for this episode was almost, As You Think, You're Right, right? However, however you want to think, you're right. And teachers, <laughs> that's what I got from some of my, some of my hardcore um, in-your-face kind of teachers, right? That, you know, uh, even Hatsumi said say. Right. If you think you're never going to get this stuff, you're right. Okay. If you think you're you've got it, okay. If you think you, you're going to eventually get it, if you if you practice enough, you're right. Of course, I also got the opposite lessons too. This was to keep ego in place and and to punch arrogance in the face. Right. Um, every time you stop and think, this stuff's really really hard. I'm never going to get it. Right. I just I this you know, whatever conditions in the world, right, are just not going to allow me to get this stuff, um, you're wrong, right? And if you find yourself thinking, oh, I've mastered this stuff, I got it, right? I understand this completely, you're wrong. Well, shit, how can both of those things be right, right? You're right and you're wrong, right? Well, they're coming at things from, from different uh, perspectives. One is to keep ego in, in check. And one is to uh, have you not shoot yourself in the frickin' foot before you even get started, right? But, and that's one, that's one, you're wrong, you're wrong kind of thing. But on the other side, right, what we have to come to understand is that whatever we choose to see, the way we choose to look at things, right, I don't care if it's, if it's a hard, fast spiritual belief, dogma, 
or if it's um, we've just been beaten down by life and experiences and all that, and this is what we've accepted to be true about life, about me, about relationships, about fill in the blank, okay? Whatever we've decided is true. If only for ourselves, if only for me, what I've decided is true, right, is true. That is reality. Now, it may only be reality for me, right, but it's it's how I'm going to operate, right? It's how I'm going to be based. I mean, how I'm going to base everything, right? So this is really, this really focuses on the, on the, on this, uh, this principle of karma, right? And I know there's lots of beliefs or lots of definitions floating around, right? Everybody from, you know, the, the karma is this bad shit that happens to you if you do bad things. No. <laughs> well, that's not, not true, right? But karma isn't about, uh, bad stuff. Karma isn't luck. Karma isn't fate. Karma isn't destiny, right? Karma, the word karma in Sanskrit, in Pali, it's kama, K-A-M-M-A, right? Karma, kama. The word simply means action, okay? Now, it points to this concept, this universal principle of cause and effect, okay? Anything that comes into being has been caused Right. There are primary causes, things that we can see directly. Right. Um, he picked up the cup and moved it over to that uh, corner of the table and filled it with water. OK, so now we have a cup full of water sitting on the uh, you know the corner of the table. OK, there's some there are direct um, causes. Right. But there are also innumerable secondary causes that are all kinds of things like why would he have done that and, and just all kinds of things. Right. So um, in Mikyo, what we tend to call luck, uh, we tend to see that as things that came about that I didn't plan and couldn't foresee because of all of these other factors going on. And it just kind of, th this thing happened, right? Could be fortuitous, could not be so much, right? But it has nothing to do with any reflection on me, right? It's just that shit happens, right? Um, in science, right, in, in mathematics, not that I'm a math ne uh, uh, nerd or geek or anything like that along the way, but when I was in, I think, ninth grade, I learned about this guy named Mendelbrot, right? Um, Mendelbrot had a, had this uh, theory of, uh, of chaos, right? And uh, one way you could look at this, if you've ever worked on a manufacturing line or if you've ever done something like the same thing over and over and over again, it could be a kata, it could be a roll, could be whatever, right? Um Whatever was going on could be going on for, you know, 500 times, 600 times, whatever. And then 501, it didn't work, right? Um, I remember uh, working in a cannery right after I got out of the military. Just need to feed the family, right? And so there are these big machines that have these uh, cans, right? They're, they're the, the bottom part of the can, right? Not the lid that you cut off to get into it, right? Well, I guess everybody has pull tabs now, but either way, right? It's the it's the shell, right? Looks like a gun cartridge, right? So there's a whole bunch of these things, right? And they just kind of run through this machine really, really, really fast. The machine fills it with whatever uh, food particles or whatever it's going in there, the, the ingredients for the soup and, 
and then it fills it with this uh, brine or spaghetti sauce or whatever's going in there, and then it shoots around, uh, and then it goes uh, through this little part that pops the lid on it, right, and sends it off to this cooker to do the rest of the process, right? So these things just fly by, right? That's just amazing. It's just like you bang, 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 just does it, right? And you could have hundreds of these things go by, and next thing you know, like a can just gets crushed and it jams up the whole system. What the hell, right? I mean, these things are fine-tuned to, like, micro degrees so that everything hits just right, right? And then when you adjust it, you go from tiny little cans to these, you know, big gallon-sized cans and all that. But anyway, right, you get this thing that just, now it's off, right? And then other days, chaos is just, like, right around the corner, right? You run it, a couple of dozen go through, something gets crushed, right? You start, you get, get everything unjammed, you start it back up again, two or three go through, and it gets jammed up, right? So it's just this kind of an odd kind of thing, right? It's no reflection, and yet... Do you know anyone who every time something like that occurs, the first thing they say is, well, it's just, you know, it's just, this thing hates me or, uh, uh, you know, who knows, life's out to get me, whatever. I, I have a hard time getting my head wrapped around examples because I don't think this way, right? But they do that, right? Or they... Uh, they want to do something, right? They want to train and need to do. They want to do, you know, whatever, right? Um, and uh, and um, before they even get started, right, they start coming out with things like, well, knowing my luck, uh, whatever, fill in the blanks, right? It's that same kind of thing, right? In neurolinguistic programming, NLP, right, these things, these, these, these statements, right, allow us to reach in to someone and, and really get a handle on how they think, what's important, where the core beliefs are way back deep down. Because our word structures, they're not just, they're not just designed because we hang out with people who speak the same way, right? It's... Uh, uh, it's also conditioned by how we believe, or what we believe about ourselves and, and these kind of things, right? These perceptions, right? So, again, there's this, there's this idea of karma, right? And, and karma has to do with, you know, the cause and effect and how it conditions uh, what you think, what you say, right? But perceptions, right? Perceptions are conditioned, right? Uh, or they can, I'm sorry, they, perceptions condition our thoughts, they condition our words. They condition our actions, right? But they're not our thoughts. Okay, we have to we have to understand that we have to get behind this, right? Oh, Jen's on. Uh, so absolutely, will right? We create our own reality. Absolutely, right? What I'm trying, what I'm going to try to get to tonight is that we create things without even knowing to what degree we're creating it, right? And for folks that want to want to really make some massive progress, they don't really understand how much time, effort, energy, uh, persistence, persistence is a big one, right, that they're going to need 
to break through a lot of these things, okay? Because we're already not conditioned for that, right? We're conditioned for, well, as long as you give it a good try. You know, you could always tell everybody, you know? At least you tried. At least you tried. Hmm. Wasn't that wonderful? Or we were conditioned by, well, it's okay. You know, it's not everything's going to work out for you. I love you just the way you are. I appreciate that. Okay? I wouldn't be trying to change and, and develop better skills if I was okay with me the way I am. So not not everyone's, I don't want to say this without pushing too many buttons. Not everyone or not everything who can or who can or will stop you from getting where you want to go is a monster. Not everyone or everything that will stop you from producing the reality you want to be living is doing it out of malice. They really do believe what it is that they're telling you. And they really do have your best interest in mind. And they really don't want to see you um, wasting time, wasting effort, draining your resources, hurting yourself. They also don't want you doing things that they've already convinced themselves that's not possible. So, uh, Jen, see what happens when you take a, a college course or whatever. Anyway, John, Jen says in, in psychology, it's called explanatory fiction. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, there's lots of names for these different things, right? Pick one that's going to work for you and know that it's just another dragon that has to be slayed. Okay. So... Uh, again, condition perceptions condition your thoughts, right? They condition your words, your actions, those kind of things, but they're not your thoughts, okay? Your thoughts are products of and will further condition established perceptions, right? We just kind of skate along, right? Um, one of the definitions I got from a teacher one time, uh, and I was studying uh, this Mikio mind science stuff, which is ancient psychology, right? Was that our, our reality is conditioned by that which we have learned and experienced and will in turn, unless, unless altered, will in turn condition and produce our future reality. So our reality is conditioned by and produced by beliefs, uh, ideologies, prior thoughts, experiences, those kind of things, and will in turn create our future reality. Um, so again, th there's, th there's a whole process for changing it. I'm not really going to jump into the process. I'll give you a couple of, I'll point to a couple of tools during this, um, during this episode. But what I really want to do is kind of unearth some of these things, right? So perceptions are not your thoughts, right? But again, they're conditioned by your thoughts. They're conditioned by your beliefs. They're conditioned by your experiences. So what, what I mean by experiences is not just not just the thing that you did, right? You went to the amusement park and spent the day, right? Great, okay? But that's also loaded up with the rides, the people that were on the rides, things that happened during those, 
feelings, sensations, right? So two people that went to the amusement park could walk away at the end of the day, one having the best day ever and the other one having a crappy day because people were yelling and screaming and stuff was expensive and uh, it was chaotic and whatever, right? So, um, but also along with these things, right? Uh, they're conditioned by our desires, right? Uh, and then whether or not we were able to manifest those desires to what degree, right? Uh, our belief about how well or our ability to produce certain results, right? Uh, but they're also conditioned by these feelings as well, okay? Now, the subconscious mind typically, and again, this is, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't have the degree to back me up. These are just, uh, I've studied with a whole bunch of people. Uh, Will and I share some of the same teachers. And so um, the, <clears throat> where was I going to go with this? Oh, the subconscious mind, right? It, it can't tell the difference between, and this is modern neuroscience, right? They've validated all this stuff, right? So it doesn't know the difference between the reality, right, that we see out in front of us and the visions or the, 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 the pictures that we see in our head, right? If anything's attached to the word I, it's just a given, right? So, um, but, right, this is where, this is where, and I'll talk about these in a, in a, in a little bit here, right? Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard about like positive affirmations and, and things like that, right? And it has to do with, um, uh, self, sometimes it's called self hypnosis, uh, sometimes it's called, um, uh, auto suggestion. There's di different terms for this thing, right? But it, it's really about, you know, talking yourself into this new way of thinking, new way of acting, new way of whatever, right? And it could be internal speech, you know, remember where we, we learned this uh, type of walking, right? This is, this is ninja walking. This is the new walking, right? This is better balance, less arm swing, that kind of stuff, right? Be mindful, be mindful, that kind of thing. Or, you know, it could be speaking out loud. It could be uh, affirmations for uh, certain uh, things that you want to materialize, right? This year or whatever, right? Call them goals, call them whatever you want, right? Um, but what they've, they've discovered is that the words themselves are empty, right? The words, you'll get little to no results with just the words, what you need is highly charged emotions to go along with them. That's how you get them into the subconscious, right? So um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to be jumping around here just a little bit, and then we're going to open it up to, to questions, or uh, we'll see if Will wants to throw anything on the fire here. Um, I don't have him on audio, so I'll have to repeat things back, but... Um, Anyway, so uh, in, if, if you're following along and, you, and you're in the Ninjutsu training, if you're one of my students and you're, you're doing any of the Mikyo stuff, uh, in uh, in the uh, well, both in the exoteric and the esoteric uh, side of the study, there's this idea of skandhas, right? Skandhas. Uh, the word skanda just means pile or heap or collection, right? It's like sweeping up a bunch of stuff on the floor. Right. And you kind of separate things out or you get a bunch of Legos on the table. And so the blue two section pieces go over here and the, uh, the, the four section, whatever. Right. You just kind of divide them up. Right. So that you've got these things. Right. But the skandhas are connected. 
right? And it was an early attempt to describe uh, what makes up a human being, right? So uh, just as a heads up, you'll find that the word soul is not here or the word spirit is not here because this this is something that what it was limited to was something that could be seen or perceived or worked with directly, right? So the five skandhas are form, feeling, perception, conceptualizations, and consciousness, okay? In that order, right? So you see perceptions, right? Sometimes called judgment, but perceptions is like third down, right? And the way this works is um, form, human body, right? What it's really pointing to are your sensory receptors, right? How we perceive the world and how things get in before they get processed and then fed back, right? And they're, of course, they're going to be fed back in either thought or in words or plans or actions or whatever, right? So, and again, if you're involved in this kind of training, uh, there, there's a, a lesson that involves the Kai mandala and it's a graphic way of showing how it kind of comes in, gets processed, and goes back out, right? Uh, again, old, old stuff. But um, So I'm not going to be arguing psychology um, uh, terminology or whatever. Uh, it, this is just a quick, hard, fast kind of thing, right? So basically the way it works is things come in from the outside world through our sensory receptors, sight, olfactory, auditory, taste, whatever, right? It, that's how it comes in, okay? When it comes in, it's absolutely neutral, right? It just bumps into our receptors, right? Now, could it be a bright, blinding light that causes your eyes to hurt because it causes your, your ocular muscles to, to tighten up to a degree that, it, that it's painful? Yes, of course. But for it to even get to painful, that's down the line, right? So the way this starts off is that Anything that comes in from the world is completely unconditioned, right? Why? Well, because we haven't screwed screwed around with it yet. It hasn't passed through our rose-colored glasses or whatever other filters we have going on, right? It's just it's just a touch. It's just there's a there's a temperature to it. Could be cold, could be warm, could be neutral, could be hot, could whatever. But we're we're not even at names yet, right? It's just what it is, okay? So it comes in, right, and then we have this feeling about it, right? But we're not talking about feelings the way most people think of. This is not happy, sad, confused, angry. No, that requires a whole other process farther down the line. What we're looking at with feeling here, and maybe it's a bad translation, but the word feeling is about very primitive uh, brainstem kind of stuff, right? Feels good. Feels bad, meh. It's neutral, right? I'm, I don't feel either way, right? So, but what we mean by positive and negative is I'm attracted to it, right? It's pleasant, it's you know, whatever, right? But again, we're not using words for this, right? It's, it draws me in, right? Or it's negative, right? It causes an aversion, Right, I, I, my, my system wants to move away from it. Okay, so and then neutral is doesn't affect me one way or the other. Right, it's just there. Right, so goes through that system. Right, and then um, based on and the, so the next one is perceptions, but perception is one of these neat little things. Right, 
it it works in two ways, right? If you've already encountered it and you know already know what it is, right? Slaps in a name and a form on it, right? Including how you feel about it, if it's a preference, if it's a hatred, if it's a whatever, right? So the the more you keep doing things the same way over and over and over again, right? The the quicker the snap judgments, so to speak, right? But if you know something about it, right, then you will act on that thing, right? I used to have a teacher that when he covered this stuff, he would talk about, you know, it goes to your brain and then based on what you uh, know and or think about the problem and the way you can handle it, right, you go into action, right? Um, one of my first teachers in this art uh, really came at things from an emotion kind of driven kind of thing. And we now know that, right, we're emotion-based creatures and, and all that, right? So things are going to either draw me in or they're going to cause me to hold my ground or whatever, right? If, if you train with me, you, you know what we're talking about here, right? So th there's a, I'm going to take a little segue here, right? There, there's a, there's a kind of a, there's kind of a disconnect, right? With the way martial arts are typically taught, or anything is typically taught, right? And the way we as human beings operate, right? So uh, if you read my book, um, The Karate Myth, right? Um, I, I kind of go into this stuff, right? But uh, the way things are normally taught is here's the lesson, right? You do something with your hands or your brain or whatever, right? And so it might be a math formula, it might be a kata, it might be a way to roll, whatever, right? And then you think about it and how it works and those little things, right? And then you have a feeling about it. I like it. I don't like it. I don't really care, right? I don't like it, but I have to do it. So I care about that, but whatever, right? So you had this feeling, right? The problem is that the way we operate in the world is exactly the opposite, right? We encounter something and we have this attraction, aversion, neutral kind of response to it. And then, right, so we go from feeling, then we go to mind, right, based on what we think we know about it and how to handle it, then we go into action. See, it's exactly the opposite. So for anybody that trains with me in the dojo, this should explain why we're always working to bring these two things together because we need the easy way that human beings learn but we also need to get it in so that it comes out based on the normal processing that we human beings use. I know you could go someplace and learn it, learn things easier, right? You're going to be learning it, but applying it might be a little bit different. Anyway, so uh, so again, we're we're still at perceptions here, right? So uh, we perceive it, right? If we think we know what it is and all that, if we don't, then what ends up happening is. The brain jumps to what Emiko is called the storehouse consciousness. You can call it the unconscious, the, the memory, whatever, right? Um, to see if we've got anything in there about what it is that, that we have, right? And then if we do, then we can feed back out, right? If we don't, then we need this conceptualization kind of process to see if we can figure it out, right? What is it that, we're, what I'm, look, that I'm looking at and all that, right? So we human beings, we have this conceptualization kind of thing, right? That's where inventions come from. That's where art comes from. It's all this stuff, right? Where we, we take 
experiences and, and tools and knowledge and things, and we're able to repackage them, re, recombine them, right, to produce something new, right? It's where in our martial art, it's where henka comes from, variations, right? Uh, those kind of things, right? So, but either way, there's, there's this process, right? So it goes in and we kind of figure it out and then it sends it back out to form, which is now the body, which is now going to do things, right? To solve the problem, to answer the question, to do the research process, whatever. Okay. So, um, but there's this process, right? So what ends up happening and what's happened over time is that from birth, even before birth, right? When the, when the receptors were firing, right? We've had all this stimulus come in, right? In the beginning, we didn't know anything about it. So we, you know, had to kind of figure out patterns and, and those kind of things, right? But as we're, as we're moving through, more and more of that stimulus that's coming in is engineered, right? Teachers, role models, whatever, okay? It's coming in. And that starts to affect feelings, perceptions, conceptualizations is where things really start to happen, right? Where we now start to make up, right? Uh, Jen was talking about this explanatory fiction, right? We start to make up these stories, right? Parents are a certain way, right? Relationships are a certain way. I am a certain way. This is me. This is, uh, this is what's possible for me. This is what's not. This is my lot in life. This is, you know, uh, that's, I'm awesome at that. This thing over here, I don't even look at it because I already know I, I suck at it. Whatever. All these things start to process, right? And then what that, what that does is it, because of our perceptions now about these things, we now begin to think, speak, and act as though these things were absolute truths. And the more we do it, the more it reinforces these growing beliefs. And then we bump into something like this, right? We're trying to become something. We're trying to develop a set of skills. We're trying to do whatever it is we're trying to do, and we keep running into a wall, okay? And so we set New Year's resolutions, or we establish goals, or we, we decide, look, I'm going to do this thing. But then how long will that last, right? As soon as it starts to become uncomfortable, will it take more than that? How much? How little? That kind of thing, right? So it's our perceptions about everything, including when it's okay to quit, right? Will the people that I've surrounded myself with as my support group be okay with me quitting? Okay. Um, what will they do to nurture me through the challenge or help me quit? Those kind of things, right? All of these things are, are going on. And uh, part, of the pro part of the training process is in ferreting out what these things are, right? Persistence. Uh, Hatsumi Sensei, uh, our grandmaster, Right. I guess now he would be a previous grandmaster because they're new popes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, one of his key phrases that everybody liked to parrot was keep going, keep going. Right. Um, in one of his books, I think 
Hmm. I think it was called Secrets from the Grandmaster. I think I think that's the title of the one. Will help me out here. Um, the one that he co-wrote with Stephen and Rumiko Hayes. I think that was Secrets from the Grandmaster because another one came out. It was a much smaller book, and a bunch of people who felt like they got left out um, were included in this thing. And I think that one's called The Grandmaster's Book of Ninja Training. Small white book. Uh, anyway, I know I'm stepping on toes, but I, I don't care. Anyway, so I believe that it's in... Um, uh, yeah, Secrets from the Grandmaster, where it was just this interview, or not really an interview, it was just this dialogue back and forth, and they just recorded it, right? And then it got transcribed and turned into this thing um, where they got on this discussion of, you know, how easy it is to quit, you know, because giving it a good try is really a cop-out, right? So he would always say, you know, keep going. What? You know, how long does somebody keep going, right? What's what's too much? How do you know when you're spinning your wheels, right? Um, what makes it a good try, right? And Hasmi Sensei actually spells it out in that book. He said, if you've been trying this for 10 years and you're still not getting it, okay, then maybe you should go try something else, okay? 10 years is a good try, not 10 hours. Not 10 days, not 10 weeks, okay? So there's, there's got to be more to the persistence. But I think what's lacking for a lot of folks, I think the passion to do it is there, at least in the beginning, right? And I think the passion is still there based on the emails and things that I get. The passion is still there, but it's transmuted into uh, everything from depression to, uh, to feelings of, of uh, not depression, but repression, right? Uh, because at, by this point, right, they've, they've been wanting to do this for 10 years, 20 years. I've got people that contact me. They're, they're almost in their 70s, right? Um, and you would think that they've got lots of time to do it. But... Um, they've also had lots of time to convince themselves of all the reasons that they can't, right? So how do we do this, right? Well, the first thing we have to, we have to come to grips with is that our mind is a conditioned thing. It's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, a fixed thing, right? You didn't, um, you didn't come into this world living, thinking, believing and all that, that you do exactly right now, right? You're not the same person today that you were when you were six. You don't believe in the same things. You don't, uh, you don't find the same things pleasurable, right? You ever, now that Netflix and, and Paramount Plus and all these, all these services are available, right? Uh, I know I've done this, but have you ever, have you ever, uh, got nostalgic, right? You're, you're flipping through and you're looking at these different shows that are on and, oh my God, I used to watch this thing, right? And then you, Go to watch the, the thing. You're, you're planning on binge watching it because you, you missed it and you remember it with such fondness and all that. And half an episode in, you're like, what the hell? I, 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 and then you just stop, right? Because you're not the same person anymore, right? The same things are not going to please you. The same things are not attractive anymore. They're just everything is different, right? So we have to understand this, right? But we also have to understand the nature of mind. Right. 
the nature of mind is to process that which comes in, right? And it's also to produce thoughts, right? Not all those thoughts are right, but those thoughts help to condition our belief about what reality is, okay? So perceptions are a tricky thing, right? Are we perceiving what's really real, right? Or are we perceiving what's coming in through a whole bunch of filters, right? Belief systems, ideologies, uh, fears, insecurities, right? Uh, anger management issues, all kinds of things, right? Um, right? Well, we know what the answer is, right? We just don't want to do things, right? And I believe that this is the hard work. This is the hard stuff that people need to get through to actually master this or take that giant vacation or ask for that promotion or whatever that big giant freaking thing is that they want to do. This is the hard work, right? It's not the, it's not the, uh, put in the time at work. It's not the schmoozing with the boss. It's not the walking in and asking for the raise. It's not the countless hours of practice or coming up with the money to go to the seminars or, that's not the hard work. The hard work is in believing that you have the potential and and that's your reality, right? Or you're going to do what you need to do. You're going to ferret out the things that are getting in the way that are distorting, that, they're not really distorting, that are creating your present reality so that you can create the reality that you want to be living. Interesting, isn't it? Okay. I'm going to create my own reality. See, now that bumps into another thing that a lot of people are probably already thinking, right? When I was young, I was taught that those were the crazy people because they're, they're, they're talking about stuff that, well, that's not real, right? That's not, you know, they're, they're talking about what they're going to be five years from now, but right now they're like digging ditches. Yeah. Yeah. And if you know anything about history, right? Andrew Carnegie or Carnegie, however you want to pronounce that, right? one of the richest guys in the world that actually created the U.S. steel industry, right, came across from Europe, I think he was Scottish, came across from Europe in the steerage of a ship because he couldn't afford regular passage, right, and worked as a hard laborer in the steel mills and worked his way up to become, like, the wealthiest person in that era, okay? He's also the person behind the science of success and all that that I've suggested that people uh, read, uh, so for somebody that was supposed to be like rich and stingy and not caring about anybody else, he commissioned Napoleon Hill to, uh, help him get this philosophy of success out. So less people lived in poverty. Interesting. It's not the story I got first time around. Anyway, so, um, the question that comes out of like our training in Miko and, and all this stuff is, uh, if our, if the nature of mind is to create thoughts and to process things, right? And give name and form to things so we can navigate around the world and all that, right? The question that really needs to be answered is, are we going to be a slave to our mind? Right? And what that means is, I can't change anything. This is who I am, right? Um, that's just not me, whatever, right? 
Okay. This is what's true for me. This is my lot in life, whatever, right? Am I going to be enslaved by my mind or am I going to be the master of my mind? Because what this really points to is we have to understand how perceptions work. We have to understand that reality is not what you think it is, okay? but it can be whatever you want it to be because our faculties are never going to process all of this stuff that's out here. Right? The way we perceive the world is not the way a caterpillar perceives the world. It's not the way a bumblebee. The eyes are different, right? All this processing, it's just not the way an amoeba perceives the world. But the cool thing is that not only can we, right, but we already have. Right? But the first part of this is in controlling our own mind and Controlling our own mind means that whenever those insecurities or those realities or whatever pop up that are counter, that are, they're not counterintuitive, that are contrary to where we want to be going, that's what's conspiring to hold us back, right? We told ego that these things were true about me, about the world, about, about how much money I can make, about what's possible. And it's in there doing its job. So now we need to wrestle control away from it. Okay. And that's, this is the hard stuff I got for my teachers, right? And you either stick with it and do it. And, and here's the other thing, right? As sorry as I am to say about this, I'm here to help people do it, but most won't. It's too damn hard, right? And I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be the crazy person. Anybody else that tries to tell them that they can change things, right? They're going to be hated. Right. Or avoided or whatever. And it's just it's just the way it works. Right. But most people will not. Okay? Um, we all know about the 80 20 rule. Right. 20 percent of 20 um, percent of anything. Right. Is is moving in the positive direction against this 80 percent kind of thing. Right. 20 um, percent of my students. Will collectively do more than the other 80% to move forward, okay? But I don't know that it's 80-20 anymore. 90-10, maybe, okay? There's a reason that we talk about the one percenters, two percenters, right? Top 5%, whatever, okay? It's those who are willing to do the work, right? Also in Mikio, we also have this idea of envy pride too, right? That it's just easier to be envious and hate those who have because we think that somehow they had a magic wand or they had some kind of silver spoon in their mouth or whatever. Um, and even maybe there's a tiny percent in that group that did, but a bunch of us, right? A lot of my peers coming up through this art, right? There was no spoon in the mouth, right? Our background did not set us up for this stuff and we shouldn't have succeeded based on common thinking we shouldn't have succeeded uh let's see so anyway so just a couple of tools here to round things out there's a question or three that came in um let's see so uh, a couple of tools uh, to be used for things right um creative uh visualizations right uh, the ability to sit and take take some time 
every day, and it has to be every day, right? Seeing yourself as the new you doing the things that you want to be doing, seeing, experiencing, right? Seeing as much detail as possible. Who will be there with you? If you've ever done a GOMA uh, New Year's uh, goal setting uh, thing with me that comes from Armikio, right? This is part of the process, right? You look at the words, but the words mean nothing, right? Close your eyes and see yourself in that role, doing those things successfully, right? People are coming to you for, uh, for help, for uh, advice, for whatever it is, right? See yourself in that role, okay? See yourself on that great vacation. See yourself in that new job, right? Um, just blowing it out of the water, right? Um, so that's, that's a tool, right? We can use this faculty that we, faculty that we have, right? That when used incidentally or accidentally, that's called dreaming, right? We can let the brain just kind of make up pictures and then you wake up going, where the hell did that come from, right? Or you can take control of the faculty and use it, right? Another one, uh, which comes from Word, right, is affirmations, okay? Write out things that, write out your primary chief aim, right? Where do you want to be? Six months, a year, five years, whatever. Describe it, right? Um, and uh, there's a couple of rules to it. Uh, we can go into it at some other point, but the more clear you can be, right? And um, remember, please remember that there's nothing for nothing, right? So what will you trade for that thing? Okay, like I have certain financial goals for the, for the, for the academy and what I'm going to do personally and things like that, right? My trade, right, is services and time and knowledge and things like that, that I'm going to get paid for, right? So there's nothing for nothing, right? It's not like if I wish hard enough, somebody will knock on my door and hand me a check for $5,000. Maybe, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket, okay? So not that you can't envision somebody at your door handing you a check for $5,000, but what's the trade? What are they getting out of it, okay? Why are they giving you $5,000, okay? So... But here's the thing, right? We can't just use words, right? I talked about this before, right? These words have to be mixed with deep emotions, right? Passion, um, desire, right? Um, can you feel what it's going to be like to have those kind of skills? If, if we're talking martial arts, self-defense, ninjutsu, whatever, right? Somebody comes at me, somebody comes at my wife or whatever, and I drop them on the ground. I have them locked up uh, in this restraint, and I'm giving commands. You call the cops, you watch the door, whatever, right? How do I feel, right? What's the feeling behind that, right? There's a feeling of, of success. There's a feeling of empowerment. There's a feeling of, of um, control, that kind of thing, right? That's just, I got this, right? So when I describe or actually that's past tense because that's something that's long since gone, right? When I visualized those things, right? It wasn't just like Zen mind. I'm just watching myself doing it, but there's, there's no connection. There's no whatever. No, there was almost a sense of elation, 
yeah, got this. Okay, you came at the wrong person. Okay, those kind of things, right? To have that kind of, and that's why the three key words for for our dojo is power, confidence, and control. Right? These are deep seated uh, emotions. Right? That allow us to get where we're going. Anyway, um, one of the things that when I was jotting out some notes that I took on a piece of paper I found, right? When I was jotting out some notes, one of the things that popped into my head was a, was a bumper sticker that a friend of mine, uh, Pierre, that I was training at the same time a long, long time ago, for his dojo, came up with this bumper sticker that um, just said, the art with heart, right? It had the nin symbol, which means only us would have known what it meant. Now looking back from a better marketing uh, mindset, I bet a bunch of people around town were like, okay, Chinese symbol, the art with heart. What kind of art? Like Play-Doh, like painting, like whatever, right? Um, now, we get it because in the Nin symbol, right, there's this, um, if you look in the, what would that be, your upper, I don't know if it's your upper left or upper right, I guess it's your upper left, uh, the Warrior Concepts um, logo up there with the four-pointed Senban Shudikin and the white uh, uh Nin symbol over it, right? That bottom part, the, the four strokes at the bottom, <clears throat> um, uh, that's uh, shin, kokudo, right, for heart. And that's what he was pointing to, right? Um, but what really came to mind was the heart, right? That, remember that um, as a man thinketh in his heart, right? What he believes to be absolutely true, there's there's no doubt, there's no... There's no discussion, right? We don't even need to be talking about this. I mean, this is such an obvious thing, right? That's what we mean by as you think in your heart. The stuff that you take so much for granted that you don't even think about anymore, right? Whether it's true, whether it's not, you just operate based on it. That's where you are. That's your baseline, okay? So the question is, is that serving you? Or as another teacher would have asked me, how's your program working for you? Okay, so there's that. Anyway, uh, somebody had posted something in here. Uh, James, I don't know if you see these things as well. Uh, I don't know who In the Den of Tigers is, but it's a cool name. Anyway, so what's a good book to explore about primary and secondary causes in regards to karma? Um, a good book? The book that all of my Mikio students are required to read, and it takes a while, is called The Foundations of Tibetan Mysticism by Lama Anagarika Govinda. It's actually a Tibetan name, I think, but he was born in Germany, went off to the East and did his thing. Uh, has some really good, uh, really good books, but that is the that is the must-read book for any of my students that are. Um, with me studying Mikyo. It takes the Om Mani Padme Hum mantra that many of you might have heard and breaks each syllable down and the book is, it's pretty thick, right? Um, but another one, primary and secondary causes. God, I have so many. Uh, hmm. I would assume, well, see, it's me assuming again, right? But I would assume that any good book on uh, Buddhism, 
that is specifically that specifically covers karma. Uh, if you went to Amazon or did a Google search, uh, books on karma, primary and secondary, right? You're going to get some of these things popping up because you need you need to go deeper into it, right? Um, karma covers the third noble truth, right? First noble truth, uh, truth uh, of suffering and discontent, right? Uh, second noble truth is the truth of the cause of suffering, misdirected desire. Third truth, right, is the um, uh, the so-called salvation from suffering, uh, which is understanding cause and effect, right? No thing exists in and of itself, right? It's brought into being and will in turn cause something else to happen. Just like if he throws a punch at me, that will cause me to respond and move in certain ways. And that causes, you know, him to miss. That causes me to hit something on his body. That causes his body to operate and flinch a very specific way based on force, angle, target, uh, surface that I'm striking with, those kind of things, right? The amount of padding he has, uh, armor, whatever, right? But that causes a very specific physiological response, right? That sets other things up, and right? So um, now that's that's all primary. That's what most people stop at, right? Primary cause and effect, and they're not paying attention to these other things like perceptions. Our perceptions of things are secondary causes for so many other things that we've written off that we're trying to accomplish, but we can't because we don't even know that we're in our own way. Or we do, but we don't know that we should be looking at our perceptions. Or we don't know that we should be looking at or listening. Here's another one, right? Listening to ourselves describe things. Listening to the words. This is, this is a, a lesson from teachers as well, right? Start by listening to how you say things. Catch yourself using negative self-talk. Catch yourself using pessimistic phrases. Use, your, or, uh, use yourself. <laughs> um, catch yourself thinking in the negative or thinking in ways that do not move you forward. So the question with anything that were any thoughts, any words, any plans, any actions, whatever, whether it's whether I'm going to watch this TV show or what, who I'm going to, you know, learn from or whatever, right? Does this move me closer to the end result I'm trying to get to or not? Right. Which already, presumes that we have a primary chief aim, right? And pick something that you're aiming for, right? Black belt in this arc, fifth don, tenth don, uber guru, you know, whatever, right? Um, so anyway, um, but we, we, we need to ferret this stuff out. And that's, again, that's what a good teacher's for, right? To help you ferret things out, right? Um, you know, we can teach you moves, but you end up thinking that you're doing it the right way, but from across the room, we can look and go, you don't have enough weight transition to your back leg. That's why you're taking two steps to get to the new position and not one. And then what we hear back is, oh, was I doing that? Nope, just thought I'd pick on you today. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, I'm, uh, let's see. So I'm sorry I couldn't be more specific than that, but if you're looking to study in the same areas that I am, uh, 
the reason why Foundations of Tibetan Mysticism is the Bible that everybody starts with, uh, who's training in Mikyo for me, is because my Mikyo teacher made that mandatory for me. And anyway, uh, let's see. James, you're, you're probably watching other ones. That one came in from YouTube. Uh, just say hi to some folks that I see on here. Uh, hey, Jen. Hi, Michelle. I see Michelle every once in a while on Facebook posts. Um, I would ask how's the family, but I don't want to get caught up in all those little uh, little things on this. We don't have enough time for that. Um, but anyway, so who else? James, anybody else? You can you, no. He's just shaking his head. No, I, I can see. I can see. He's the invisible ninja. All right, I probably shouldn't bring him up on screen like I did last time. He almost looks like a Rob Zombie kind of character with really, really short hair. <laughs> Not even, I don't even follow that guy. My wife does, so she's got T-shirts with the pictures. Anyway, so I'm glad I can make you smile. James got his uh, brown white belt, so he's third cue, right? Um, jumped over a bunch of cues, but that's what you get when you don't freaking test and uh, forever how long. All right, so what else? So if you change enough secondary sources, you can derail or change primary causes. Oh, now we're really going to get deep. Somebody's going to have to start paying for classes here. Um, no, the rule of karma is that all karma must cook itself off, positive, negative, whatever. It must play itself out unless it is acted upon by stronger karma. Now, does that mean it goes away? No. It's a question I ask my teacher, too. No, it'll still play itself out, but you can minimize it. What what Miko's all about is in getting, especially negative karma, but any karma, to cook itself off as fast as possible, which means you're going to have the suffering and discontent that your karma produced, but you're going to condense it. So you better believe in this too shall pass, right? Because what most people try to do is prolong the outcome or hide from it, and then when it happens – their responses to it exacerbate the problem and make the problem even bigger and produce more negative uh, karma. Um, so if you change enough secondary sources, uh, it's not secondary sources, secondary causes, right? Um, so you don't really change them. See, here's, here's an example of making change that most people don't think of, right? Things that we've experienced cause us to believe certain things, right? So we, can, we might be able to track things back to, you know, I had a very abusive uh, stepfather, right? And I mean, like, physically, mentally, emotionally, right? I came to love him in later years because I just had to reverse engineer the lessons. But me going out and seeking out other teachers, actual training groups, now you guys have forums and, and Facebook groups and stuff like that you can join and all that. Right. But surrounding myself with people that were either on the same journey or like what I wanted to become changed my environment. So I changed a whole bunch of in, in doing a primary cause. Right. I sought these people out and I put myself in that location. I was influenced in more ways than I could ever possibly imagine by being around these people, the way they thought, the way they dressed, the way they explained things, the way they communicated, um, the empathy, compassion, all kinds of things, right, affected me. 
But what that required me to do was to change my environment, even if it was only temporarily, like every couple of weekends or uh, whatever, right? So uh, one of the things that we have in Mikio for making these changes is, you know, if you haven't had the nurturing uh, role models or you haven't had the tip of the boot love or whatever, right? Um then you say this. You say the things that you need to hear. That's where positive affirmations come in, right? You say the things you need to hear. Um, instead of waiting around for somebody to come along and be your training partner or whatever, right? Figure out how you can train and do what you need to do, right? Do the things you need to do, right? Um, experience the things you need to experience. That somebody that's like the person you want to be, they would have those kind of. So sometimes you have to reverse engineer it, right? If I think about the person that I want to be at that level of success, ability, skill, or whatever, right? What kind of skills do they have? What kind of experiences have they had? What kind of knowledge do they have? All those kind of things, right? Think about what they have to had to have gone through. Those kind of things, right? So now, go learn the things you need to learn. So that that person has that knowledge, generate or create the experiences that you need to have. Say the things that you need to hear, even if you don't have anybody around that says those things. Right? Think the thoughts that you need to think. Those kind of things. Right? It's a it's a constant it's a constant process of recreation. You are literally recreating yourself. Is this? Uh... Damn, so I guess you just have to suck it up. What am I sucking up? What are you sucking up? If you're asking if you just have to do what needs to be done because you can't make things go away, yes, that's true. Right? You can't do anything about what got you here, but you can do something from right now. Right? You can't change the conditions today. I mean, you can change them in your head with visualization and stuff, right? But... You have to do the work, right? Most people won't do the work. Most people see the work as being too difficult and it's just easier to accept where they are, who they are and what's going on and blame the world and live in anger and hatred and all that kind of crap. It's just easier, right? Because they don't have to do the work. It's too freaking painful. They don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to accept responsibility for whatever part they had in it, right? It's easier to blame. Look, this is, a, this is a lot of hard work. This is going to take more effort, energy, resources, right? Um, for a lot of folks, it's a change in diet. It's a change in um, making sure that you're mindful of deep breathing and stuff like that. So your brain gets the oxygen you need. Your body gets the nutrients it needs, all that kind of stuff, so that your, your the batteries are charged and you have the energy to move forward. When I said this is difficult... This will tire you out. Okay? Okay? So, anyway, what else we have? Let's see. Put your boots on and get going. Don't get caught up in how to tie your laces and then get angry because you couldn't go do the things you wanted because you don't know how to tie your shoes. Yeah. Okay? We live in a world of Velcro and people wearing flip-flops in minus nine degree weather 
because it's just fucking easy. You got to do the things you got to do so that you can do the things you got to do so that you can end up in a position or in a place or as the person who can do all the things that you want to do. Put your boots on and get going. I'm okay with that, right? And if, if Velcro and the slip-on shoes are the expedient, that's great. But you also have to understand that your expedients are exactly that. They will, they will work for the moment. Just like the way I'm describing this. It works for the moment, right? Everybody wants the expedient. They, they want the quick fix, right? They want the get-rich-quick scheme. They want the... Uh, you know, they want the manager's job. Yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, I had boots when I was growing up that had these neat little buckle kind of things that uh, took a whole different type of coordination. But, uh, yeah, so absolutely, right? But do what you need to do. And sometimes it's small steps to get to the big steps, right? So, but sometimes it's figuring out what you need to do. And sometimes it's trial and error, especially for people that won't go find a teacher, Right. I've had people come into my dojo and, um, you know, well, tuition's too much for me. What can you do for me? Best thing I can do for that person is tell them this is what you need. So unless you're going to work for me part time to work off part of the tuition, and that never goes well because people forget that they're working off tuition and there's a trade. Money just didn't change hands. 99.9% of them decide that they're not getting paid enough for what they were trading off for training. And then, so then they want a paycheck, but they haven't been coming to training to get what I owe them. So, wow. Because it's too hard. Okay. Our perceptions are our reality. So if your reality is not what you want to see, or you're not attaining, or you're not, you're not experiencing the level of success that you want, then you need to back up, right? If I'm not experiencing the level of success that I want, right? If I'm doing everything that I think I should be doing, I'm practicing consistently, I'm learning, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm doing the hard work, then there's got to be something wrong with my perceptions. I remember one time I was um, I was prepping for testing for second degree black belt, okay? Because I was in an organization that didn't just give honorary rank; we actually had to test, right? So uh, I was testing, I was I was prepping for this thing, and I was just a couple of techniques. I just kept hitting a wall on. I just I just wasn't getting them right, and I just came to the realization that, look, there's got to be something wrong with my basics. There's got to be something wrong with what I think is going on. There's got to be something wrong with what I know about the, the technique or the kata that I'm learning. But what I, what I did was I decided there had to be something wrong with my basic basics. All this stuff that I took for granted, there has to be, right? There's got to be something wrong with what I, what I think is right, right? So I went all the way back. And started re-practicing and trying to look at them as though I were a white belt again, right? And sure enough, 
I found a couple of pieces that were off. Fixed them, went forward to do those techniques, and, well, shit, there was no problem. Okay. It wasn't like I went back at them and they were easier. The problem went away. Right? So I had to go back and look at the perception of, right? Because the reality had to be that if I'm doing all the work and if what I know to be what, what my skill sets and, and my knowledge and all that, then these things shouldn't be a problem. Well, then there's got to be something off. So if I'm not, if I'm not experiencing the level of success that I want, right? If that's not my reality, then there's got to be something wrong with my perceptions, right? Because my perceptions create my reality. The world is my litmus test. It feeds back exactly what I'm creating with my thoughts, my words, and my actions, right? If I'm attracting people to me that, that are just users, abusers, they're you know, negative type people or whatever, they're attracted to me for a reason, right? Those kind of people don't hang out around me because I'm too damn positive, I'm too direct, right? I hold them, well, I don't hold people to the same kind of standards that I hold myself to. But if we're a teacher-student kind of relationship, then absolutely, right? Um, so, but if you if you're if you're surrounded by these people that you don't want to be around, you have to recognize that there's things about you, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, or whatever that makes them comfortable and makes them see you as being the same as them, or somebody that they can get something from, and it's easy because if you weren't, they'd go somewhere else. Okay, if you can't get connected to people that you really want to be around and all that. Same thing. Okay? And I get it. Everybody wants to be, this is me, man. You should accept me for who I am. Great. Okay. So you accepted you for who you are. Fantastic. But do you really, if you're not, if you're lamenting not getting the results you're trying to get? Everybody's trying to run around and get the world to change so that they can have the success they want and so they don't have to do any of the work. Good luck with that. Okay. What I have found in my, I, I have no more or less belief that this is true than anybody else who has a con, uh, contrary belief system. This is mine. It works pretty damn well. But I believe that life will give you exactly what you ask for from it. Not even ask, demand. But remember, there's nothing for nothing. So make sure that you're worthy of that thing that you're trying to get. Okay? Life will give you exactly what you demand. The question is, do you believe that you deserve that thing that you're trying to demand? Because doubt and all that cancels everything out. Because doubt is an emotion. And doubt will go along into the subconscious mind and it affects your own personal image of you. We have to get this shit straight. We have to get our head wrapped around this or we will always be struggling to get to the level of success that we want. 
for those of you who have been following me for a while, you know that, what was it, James, when was it? I don't know, maybe six months ago when I had that little moment where I was pissed off four months ago, something like that, right? Where I realized that um, I had surrounded myself, not really surrounded myself, um, but I allowed, I allowed elements and certain types of mindset and all that to seep in, and I wasn't minding mind. I was not, I didn't have guards at the gate, so to speak. And their, their mentality, their belief systems, that those kind of things, affected mine and brought my levels of operation way, way down. And when I realized that, I realized that I was stuck in this loop. I realized that I forgot the damn lessons, right? And I wasn't acting on them. <clears throat> Let's just say I wasn't so happy. And now there's a high degree of emotion charging the words that I'm putting in. And they range anywhere from passion to anger. But either way, they are highly charged. And I will. So I'm already back where I was. That didn't take long. But I will get that which I'm after. It's not that difficult. Once you have the tools. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Jen's boots have laces. Fantastic. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> I love our conversations. Oh wait, sorry. I love our conver I love our conversations. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know if I said it out loud or whatnot, but everybody needs to congratulate James on jumping from uh, the hell was it? Where were you? You were at uh, seventh queue. Seventh queue. To third queue. Jump four freaking queue levels. How the hell do you do that? Put in an awesome freaking demo at the last test. I considered something else, but I'm going to make you work for it. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, any other questions before I wrap this up? James, you got to hold up a clock or whatever so that. You know, we can cut these things back down to an hour like everybody else, and I start giving away the store. Actually, I had somebody write to me the other day um, and said, uh, you give all the stuff away on, like, the Warriors Whiteboard Wednesdays and the Kuden and all that kind of stuff. God, I can't imagine what your students get from you one-on-one. -on -one. Well, they get the stuff in a very organized way so that it's not – just jumping around. And they're getting the physical and the knowledge and the personal development stuff all at the same time. All right. <clears throat> James, did you say anything else come in? No? Okay. Are you on multiple? Do you, do you have multiple feeds? So, you, so nothing on Facebook, nothing on. All right. Well, in that case, shit, I'm going to have dinner then. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I will see some of you in class, Jennifer. Um, and well, I know I'll see James. James, are you in for class tomorrow night? Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, uh, let's see. We have some, uh, uh, 
quick announcements. We have some uh, seminars and all that kind of stuff coming up. I'll, I'll be posting dates and all that, spring camp, fall camp, uh, all that. We have a bunch of uh, online uh, training that's going to be coming out. Uh, uh, one of them is on uh, getting the benefits of meditation for people that have a high-paced or fast-paced, uh, high-stress um, uh, life, job, whatever, and uh, they'd like to get the benefits of meditation, but they don't have the damn time to meditate. So um, I have a program for that. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, Warriors Whiteboard Wednesdays. We now have a live, uh, an ongoing series on YouTube on Wednesdays. Uh, I go live. Um, we'll see how long the live holds up before I, I start uh, pre-recording lessons and all that. But uh, live uh, Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And so I literally use a whiteboard, right? map out strategy and, and help to describe this thing. And then that actually ties in with a deep dive kind of class that we do on Fridays at the dojo. That's the, that's the theme. And then we go in deeper. So um, this past Wednesday, we did um, uh, kind of a neat little geometry trick for uh, breaking balance much easier, right? So you can do your throws, locks, takedowns and all that kind of stuff easier. And then um, we looked at that on Friday but it was really around um, recovering from throws where they're resisting or they're able to slip out easily or whatever, right? Um, playing around with these different angles and, and whatnot and being able to do it uh, intuitively. So cool stuff. So if you get a chance to check it, again, we're on YouTube. Um, what is my page over there? I don't know. We'll, we'll post it. Uh, it gets posted on Online Ninja, Online Ninja 2 Training, Facebook page, this page, the Kuden uh, podcast page on Facebook. Uh, if you're subscribed to me on YouTube, uh, I post a, a little note on there too. Um, shit, where else? Anyway, we're all over the place, right? Uh, if you're on my mailing list, that gets sent out, all that stuff. So anyway, all right, that's it, guys. I will talk to everybody again next time. Be safe. Uh, have a good, where are we? This is Monday. All right, well, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're listening to a recording, in which case have a next couple of follow-up days. All right, that's it. Talk to you next time. Be safe.